It's your Tuesday daily delivery. I am Michael Rand. Happy to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one out there as well. A big show, really good show coming up. Andrew Kramer joins me in a bit to talk Vikings, kind of a film review for the season. We try to get to the bottom of this question. Who on this roster can you consider a core player after everything we watched this year after 17 games of tape after 17 games of results after everything that happened this year who is a core player on this team offensively and defensively going forward and i gotta tell you i didn't like the number of players we ended up with on this list and that should probably tell you about where they stand going into 2024 and beyond Final edition for the season of Vikings poetry as well, putting a bow on this thing and, uh, you know, really kind of, really kind of emphasizing too where this, where this franchise stands and where Detroit stands right now as well. Got to get to some wild stuff at the end of the show, a much anticipated debut that could come as soon as Wednesday. College football playoff at the end of the show. That's got some tentacles with the Vikings as well. First though, what did I miss? You guys forget robots. Um, we used to call them robots, right? Like the the uh, the beings of of you know that weren't human before. We used to call them robots. Now we call them artificial intelligence. Forget robots. Forget AI. What will happen when the quarterbacks become self-aware? That's what I worry about. What will happen when the quarterbacks gain sentience, become self-aware? Because surely, right now, not all the quarterbacks are self-aware. Because how else? Can we explain what happened on Monday with Aaron Rodgers? As the Jets cleaned out their lockers and disappointing 7-10 and 10 season, no, more, no one more disappointed than Rodgers, who was hurt on like the fourth play, fifth play of the season for the Jets, tore his Achilles, couldn't come back for this season, even though he says he tried, even though that was a storyline that he kept in the news for many, many more cycles than it, deter- than it deserved to be in the news. Um, they're cleaning out their lockers and he's talking about the future 2024 and he has the temerity to say this presumably about everybody else except him quote if you want to be a winning organization and put yourself in a position to win championships and be competitive everything that you do matters the bull bleep that has nothing to do with winning, needs to get out of the building. That will be the focus going forward. Okay, let's unpack this for a minute. This is a guy who stayed in the news all season long with stuff that had, you know, something a little bit to do with football, and usually not, and especially lately. This is a guy that goes on Pat McAfee's show every single week and talks about anything he wants, makes headlines not about football way too often, including recently when he went on Pat McAfee's show and insinuated that Jimmy Kimmel, a night a talk show host, a nighttime talk show host, was on Jeffrey Epstein's list. And that touched off an entirely, you know, wide-ranging um, kind of war of words, which culminated in the very same day. Now, maybe not even culminated. This isn't over yet. But the very same day that Roger says that Jimmy Kimmel's first show of 2024 airs, he spends seven minutes of his monologue completely 
trashing Aaron Rodgers for this insinuation. And this list, I think part of this list came out recently. Jimmy Kimmel's not on it. Kimmel says, I'm never going to be on it. I don't know Jeffrey Epstein. Um, this, that, and the other thing. So that, what it, the specific thing is be, is beside the point to a certain degree. Like the important thing is that Rodgers has gone out of his way to pick this to pick this strange fight, to kind of escalate this war of words that's got nothing to do with football, that's a distraction from anything else happening football-wise, that's not, you know, not looking good upon him. And he has the audacity, the temerity to talk about everybody else. Maybe he's including himself in this. I doubt it, but maybe it seems like he's talking about everybody else, all the leaks that he perceives were happening this year, all the stuff that was coming out about different players, all the stuff that he didn't like over the course of the season that was getting out. Anything that doesn't have anything to do with winning needs to be addressed. Anything in this building that we're doing individually or collectively that has nothing to do with real winning needs to be assessed. Everything we have, everything we do has to have a purpose. When you step in this building, there's an intentionality with everything you do. Aaron, that's you. You're talking about yourself. If you want to be a winning organization and put yourself in a position to win championships and be competitive, everything that you do matters. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Like maybe don't go on Pat McAfee and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Maybe you have to put aside a little bit of that and not be that person. The bull bleep that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. That will be the focus moving forward. Well, then, okay, that's got to be you. I just, I'm just, I don't know. I just, I re- I saw all this unfolding yesterday. I couldn't let it go. I have a hard time letting go of stuff that Roger says. It's it's kind of a, maybe that's a character flaw for me. I, I just, I can't not talk about this guy, even though that's exactly what he wants. But this, this kind of, this duality yesterday where he says this thing about the Jets, presumably talking about all these other people who are messing up the locker room culture, and then he's the one who has picked this bizarre fight that has now escalated to this point where now Jimmy Kimmel is retaliating, he's talking about it on his monologue, he's threatening legal action, things like that. That, right there, is probably bigger than anything else that happened to anybody else throughout the whole course of the year. That is where you talk about professionalism. That is where you talk about things that do not add up to winning. So I don't know. That's that's just the energy they're carrying into 2024. Good luck with that, Jets, next year. And oh, by the way, the Vikings, because of their schedule, because of where they finish, because of the way this all shakes out, will play the Jets in 2024. A fascinating subplot. Are you guys ready for that? I don't know if I am, but I will be uh, I will be ready for it, I, I would imagine, once the time comes. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Let's bring in Andrew Kramer for one more film review of these 2023 Vikings. I guess technically the final game of the season was 2024, Andrew. Um, we're a little bit unconventional here or a little bit out of the out of the box of what we've typically done. Let's take a bigger picture look at this roster. What what kind of tape they've put together this year? And let's really get to the the core of this, Andrew. Like, who 
what what is kind of the the backbone of this team going into 2024 like we know there's a lot of questions in free agency a lot of those you know some of the big ticket players like Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter some some guys might be moving on just out of attrition or even retirement possibly for Harrison Smith it leaves you really kind of wondering what what is who are what is the foundational who are the foundational pieces of this team and maybe we can start with with defense because for most of this year, that was the better, more encouraging side of the ball, even if it was the, the the side that got fewer resources. Yeah, a year ago when we were talking about them moving on from Eric Hendricks, they Zedaria Smith wanted out, so they had to trade him. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson as well couldn't agree to a deal with him, couldn't afford him. A lot of like difference-making type players, Patrick Peterson as well. Um, we talked about how like that they need to answer with these young guys. Like they need to find a way to uh, develop into difference makers. And there were some success stories in finding role players. Um, I think Josh Metellus was um, bar none the top success story. Um, he played like ninety five percent of the defensive snaps um, after signing an extension. Looks like a very smart contract to do for the front office before the season started because. He absolutely lived up to it, if not more. Um, Ivan Pace as well, a rookie linebacker who came in wondering, you know, we're wondering in camp, can this guy have a part-time role and, and be an NFL player? At the end of the year, he's wearing the in-helmet microphone and doing all that kind of stuff and just growing into a full-time starter and a really good one. Like he's not, this wasn't just like how we have to have somebody out there. Um, he kept Brian Osamwa on the bench. He kept... Um, Jordan Hicks on the bench in some of the sub packages they ran in Sunday's game in that loss in Detroit. So there were some success stories, but more of them looked like a Caleb Evans. More of them looked uh, kind of disappointing where a Caleb was benched in two of the last three games um, of the year when they needed corners. Makai Blackman was out. Byron Murphy missed the last three games. They needed somebody to step up and they, they were so desperate for production and, and a spark that they benched a, a second-year guy who's really going through some things that it's going to make the front office question whether or not he's truly a starter in this league or rather a depth piece. And I talked to Caleb after the game, and he was great about you know being introspective, what he needs to work on and all these things, and that's great. But you only got so much time before they, they reload the position, and corner is a huge one. Um, Andrew Booth, the light didn't come on for him. Uh, Louis Seen, same way. Um, there were a lot of guys on that defense that you were kind of looking at, like Patrick Jones, for instance, the edge rusher. It's his third year. He was a 2021 third round pick. It should look a little different for him right now, and it doesn't. Um, and then obviously the injuries uh, were bad. But in terms of who you're building on moving forward, you wanted probably more answers than you got. And it's a credit to Brian Flores for what it turned into, because it probably should have been a lot worse with a lesser defensive coordinator. I agree. And it does kind of make you wonder going forward. I mean, the, the guys that have been difference makers for them in the past, some of them moved on after last year. You just like guys like Eric Kendricks, um, Zadaria Smith was just one year, but you know, guys who were more established in this league and had, you know, pro bowls, Patrick Peterson, guys like that. Um, this year you wonder, you know, Daniil Hunter was like their one real defensive difference maker he had a fantastic season 16 and a half sacks 
Um, you know, the guy that they leaned on really heavily, you know, especially with Marcus Davenport injured, you know, DJ Wanham eventually injured too. Like he was a guy who was making the big play you needed them, him to. Harrison Smith has been that guy for a dozen seasons now, but it, he sounds like he's hinting at retirement. You know, Jordan Hicks is not maybe in that category, but again, another kind of steady veteran who who's come in here and played well. Like if all those guys are out the door and you know not, none of that's for sure like it it does kind of make you wonder like what it, it's a it's a pretty hard reset on defense if all those guys are gone in addition to what you've already lost yeah jordan hicks is a free agent a guy who in two years um or one year here i guess no two years sorry both two years, Kevin, yeah. yeah has been very good for them um and so I think he's somebody too that you could see return on a on a budget deal and an affordable deal. But yeah, who are the difference makers? That's that's the biggest question. How do you get them when your salary cap constraints are such that you're going to need to create room? And they will. They'll make a number of moves to clear the books and get more cap space. You can sign Kirk and create room by doing that because he's already on the books for twenty six million dollars in dead money. Um, but I, I think too, with like, there's other contract numbers that they can move, but they need to spend money prudently. And I do not see them going out in free agency and making a, you know, 15, 20 plus million dollar a year signing necessarily, unless it's just some fit. I'm not foreseeing on a guy that this coaching staff knows that Brian Flores wants to hand pick. Um, and this will be Brian Flores, first kind of true full off season. I'm curious if there will be any coaching changes underneath him um, as well. And so he'll kind of get his hands more on this and, and we're going to see kind of what he wants more than we even saw last year. Uh, Cause they need some star power. They need, they need to find a way to do it. It needs, and it needs to also come in the draft too, because that 2022 draft class scene booth, awesome. Evans, um, it, it, it looked really bad this year, and I don't think they can hang their hat on any of those guys. No, and that's that's really you know what we heard last off season was hey maybe those guys didn't progress right away, but hey you know give them some time. Awesome, while I was talked up a bunch, he couldn't even get on the field. You know, guys Evans has had a bigger role and he's been better at times, but he he right he had some slippage at the end. Booth and Scene have been essentially non-factors, a first round and a second round pick, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, those guys, flip that around first and second, but um, it's it's hard to kind of reconcile where they're at versus where they could have been had they made some different decisions. This rebuild might look different if that 2022 draft of those four guys you just mentioned, if they had two or three of them who not even stars, but were like, okay, these are foundational pieces at this point. You might feel differently and you just don't. Um, you mentioned Kirk Cousins. So maybe we could flip to flip this to offense. You've definitely got more potential foundational pieces there. You've got your, your tackles. You've got, you know, you've got your, your wide receiver, uh, Justin Jefferson, although he's up for a contract extension and that, you know, has been ongoing for like a year now. We've been talking about that. You've got your first round pick, Jordan Addison, who had a good rookie season. You've got Hawkinson recovering from his knee injury, but you you would imagine he'll play at some point, at least in 24. So you've got more of those kind of like, you know, guys in the, in the right spot of their career. But that said, there's still a lot of questions there because that side of the ball just couldn't really get on track this year. And it was various things at various points. It was turnovers, then it was injuries. And then sometimes it was just, you know, weird little disconnects, a penalty here. You had the wrong, the wrong play call there. 
Where do you think that is headed now that we're going to the offseason? Yeah, I, I do not expect them to count on some of the guys who failed them this year moving forward. Um, I KJ Osborne's a free agent. Um, I think they they obviously like KJ a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's just he had a really rough year. Uh, he had a lot of drops, and I don't think that's somebody with with Addison coming into the fold who they're going to pay to keep around. Uh, Alexander Madison, I think his deal's guaranteed in the second year, but I don't think they're going to bank on him being a major part of what they're doing. Um, I think they'll they enjoy having him, and he's he's going to be good for whatever young running back they bring in. Um, but they will they might bring in a veteran and draft a, a running back because of how bad that room was. And Ty Chandler can be a committee piece potentially moving forward, but they do not have, I think, a starter they trust at that spot. So there are some questions. The interior O-line was up and down as well. Um, both tackles were banged up. Christian Derisaw was playing through something that was not on the injury report, and he acknowledged that after the game, but then wouldn't say what it was. Um, so can, he they, can they do that? That seems a little... If yeah, he, well, actually, yeah, because the injury report rules are such where because Kirk's talked about this, where he'll go through things and these guys all have aches and yeah. pains all over the place. That's when you get into 60 car crashes a week. And um, Kirk has talked about how he knows the threshold of what needs to be reported. And so he won't go in the training room for a certain thing if he doesn't want his elbow, you know, throwing elbow or whatever on the injury report. So. Um, yeah, Darisaw's not getting treatment. If the, if the team is not treating him as an injured player, okay. yeah, it's it's not against the rule. But anyway, I, I, I think that this offense has so much talent, and it has so much talent at critical positions that if you get the quarterback right, you can figure out the running game and the interior line. You can do these things on the fly. The coaching can be better. Um, Kevin O'Connell said after the game, like I didn't, I need to go back and look at how I managed our backups, for instance, and then put together a better plan. For if Kirk or the starter goes down in the season, how we adjust, because clearly they didn't have a great plan. Agreed. Or, I agree with him. I agree with his oh. self-scout, and I'm probably even more critical of that, but yes. So coaching can improve too, and coaching in the run game. I think Kevin O'Connell is going to take a hard look at how he can learn more about how to incorporate that and maybe get his hands on the game planning of that more, because much of it had been delegated to the run game coordinator and running backs coach and O-line coach. And because he's always been more of the passing game guy. He was a quarterback's coach coming up. He's a former quarterback. Naturally, that's how these things happen. So O'Connell wants to be more involved in that with the, the scheming of things. He wants to be more involved in or set a plan for if you lose your starting quarterback, that stuff's going to help. Um, but if they draft a quarterback and whatever young person they put into the system is going to be positioned to succeed. Um, I truly believe that. I don't think Kevin O'Connell's a bad coach. I think he's been getting a lot of undeserved heat because he just didn't have a plan for when things go sideways. Wasn't it the former Colts coach, Tom Moore, famously said, we don't practice for when number 18 Peyton Manning goes down because right. we don't practice getting effed. <laughs> like we just yeah. don't do it. We don't do it. We don't practice yeah. uh, you know, not having our starters. So um, I just think that's that's kind of the mentality a lot of times. Where we don't have time to to do these things. And this is also a young coach in O'Connell. He's learning from this, and I think he will. Um, this is still a talented group, though, moving forward. And I think Hawkinson and Addison were the two best moves that Kwesi Adolfo Mensa's general yep. manager has made so far. And that is going to set up whether it's Michael Penix Jr. or whatever draft pick they can dream of, potentially. That's going to set this franchise up for success if that's the route they go. So that does beg the question. Then quarterback is obviously the big 
off-season drama. I mean, the Jefferson extension is a certain amount of drama, but I think if you write a check big enough, that's going to take care of itself. Um, Daniil Hunter is certainly an interesting thing, but what they're going to do at quarterback, and I ran a poll on um, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, the other day, and these are not scientific, but it just was like, what What do you think, what do you want them to do at quarterback? And I think it was like, you know, seven 700 votes or something like that. And I think the options were Kirk Cousins is your starter or you draft a first-round quarterback or you bring back Cousins and you draft a quarterback in the first round and kind of let this thing simmer. Now, seemed like the preference was for that last one, that people like Cousins enough and understand that he probably gives them the best chance to win in the short term. But can you match up the timelines of when you would want a first-round quarterback to start with the kind of contract Kirk Cousins is going to want to stay? Yeah, that's the big piece is um, the the financial piece with Kirk. And I think that's why the Vikings have a hard line. I am incredibly curious to know if that line has moved and how much from last year. Uh, the Vikings had a line last year that we've talked about. I've heard that Kirk wanted in the high high 30s per year. We've uh, written and talked about how he wanted three full years fully guaranteed. Um, now, if Kirk it will settle for just the next two years fully guaranteed, it's going to cost more than the high 30s, I think, even coming off the Achilles injury. The, the recovery from that injury, the amount of different people who have made a full recovery from that and the science behind it, and how Kirk approaches these things and how methodical he is. I don't think there's going to be any doubt that he'll make a full recovery and be the same quarterback. Um, so they're going to go to the combine, uh, his his camp with, you know, videos of him probably jogging. Uh, he's He said he's kind of expecting to be up to that point in his recovery by then. Um, and that's going to be huge to set his market. And that is going to be huge to determine whether or not him and the Vikings can find a middle ground. And the Vikings are confident um, in, or at least optimistic in the potential of a reunion, knowing that Kirk wants to be here. He, he likes the coaching. Uh, it's been a 180 from Mike Zimmer and what it used to be like for him here. Uh, he's shirtless sounding the Gallerhorn. So right. I don't think that's going to bend the Vikings line, but I think the Vikings are hopeful that it's going to uh, kind of nudge his towards staying and maybe them finding that middle ground. But yeah, it, it's got to be two years, right? They can't be another three years fully guaranteed through 2026 when you were just then blowing up the entire reason you're drafting a rookie, which is to have the salary cap advantage, right? not paying a starter who's performing at starter level. So I think it's got to be a two-year deal. That's my opinion. If you're the Vikings, I would assume that's what the line is. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see the dollar amounts and then how the Vikings could potentially maneuver these things as they always do to hide things under the couch cushions, um, you know, in terms of the salary cap numbers and just making all that work. Even two years feels like a lot though. If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, even if you see them as somewhat developmental, like you want, you would think you would want that guy starting at least by his second season. I mean, unless you're the green Bay Packers and you have the, the four year plan, like most of these guys start, either right away or pretty soon and whether that's right or wrong it's it's kind of how you maximize that window so it's it's a really interesting question and there's going to be quarterbacks available and they're picking 11th and if they like someone well enough and it looks like they're going to be more like six or seven they can they can go get that from 11 you know it's not going to it's not going to be free but they can get there from 11 much easier than from like 23 so 
What an interesting question. I don't, I don't, I'm still, I still don't even know what I think they should do. I like, like the ideal scenario would be that you have that, that cousins had signed the deal last year that they wanted him to sign that it would, that he would have signed two years so that he'd have this one year left. And then you could go get your quarterback and still have cousins for one more year. That's kind of the ideal to me is that you would have Cousins for one more year and be able to draft your guy. I don't think you can sign Cousins for one year right now. That's just not going to play out that way. I don't think he's going to want that. To no, play he's out. not going to want that. The Vikings would love it, but I don't think he's going to want that at this point. He's got a he's got one more contract in him, basically. Yeah, and it's a coaching staff that just said Kevin O'Connell said we felt Kirk was playing his best football in those eight games before he went down or went down in that eighth game, and that's that's huge. If if it really changed that much from we talked about it fourth and eight losing in the, to the Giants, right. like if that were what we were left with, if it were like ah he was kind of the same guy and we just you know he fell apart in critical moments, like no they beat the Niners, went into Green Bay and were flooring them, uh, a playoff team now anyway and. Yep. Uh, was playing great. So I do think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I don't know if there is necessarily a right answer, um, but I do think that they can talk themselves into a two-year deal with Kirk and a rookie quarterback because we just saw this offense is kind of difficult. This offense is kind of tough for young guys to run. And I know whatever rookie they bring in is going to be more advanced or ready, especially with college experience than Jaron Hall was. Um, but it's still going to take some time to learn. And I think Kevin O'Connell loves the idea. I would, I would guess he likes the idea that of resting a guy or, or bringing him along slowly, a la Jordan Love, maybe not that slowly, but you know, a, a couple years and they just went through the most durable, Mr. Reliable quarterback going down. Yeah. Now he's coming off an Achilles injury. Who knows that rookie could be playing a lot sooner than anybody thinks. That's true, but maybe maybe the play ultimately is that you don't draft a quarterback this year. You sign Cousins to a two-year deal, and then you draft your quarterback in 25, and maybe you use some of what you've got right now to accumulate some future draft capital. It's it's a tough game to play, though. That's like so much future thinking. I would be... I guess there's... Sure, I could see a scenario where they don't draft one, but I don't see a scenario where they go into this draft not trying to. Yeah, I think that's fair. But also, they really like what we know is that they really like this draft class for quarterback. Yeah. And they didn't like it as much last year. Yeah. I don't know how they feel about 2025, but this is a draft class for quarterbacks that a lot of people like. And I know that this front office really likes. Well, we'll find out more soon. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point here, Andrew, in the off season. But Go take a go take a break. Oh, go get we got the locker room clean out as we're recording here. So go. We'll, I'm sure we'll know more about kind of their their feelings. But uh, feelings going to be replaced pretty quickly by hard answers. It's going to be a fascinating off season. Appreciate your help all season long. Take care. We'll see you soon. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks. Good stuff from Andrew all season long. Appreciate him as always. Always feel smarter after talking to him. It kind of cools me down a little bit. It's like, okay, this is someone who watches it way more closely than I do. I watch it, of course. I watch it on Sundays. I, you know, I go back and look at some things if I need something for something I'm writing. But this is a guy who actually breaks down the film, knows what he's doing. I feel smarter, and I hope you guys do too when you are done with that segment every week. Let's do poetry one more time for the season here on Daily Delivery. My good friend Keith Rashad joins me. And I believe, Keith, even if the game doesn't necessarily deserve it, you have four, four, count them, four Vikus from the uh, the season finale against Detroit. Twice as many Vikus as home victories on this 7-10 and 10 season. That's how much poetry is in my heart. 
Well, it, however much is in your heart is what you should express on this segment. So let's get right to it. Number one, please. This world makes no sense. The truth is an illusion. The lions are good. Isn't it weird? Like when in our lifetime have they been this good? Well, this is their first division title in like more than three decades. So that's a that's a quick answer to that question. Like we were probably in our late teens the last time they were like really good. No, I will tell you. I will tell you it, right? And to give you some perspective of what this is like, you and I are now middle-aged men. Okay? Yeah, very much. We are Firmly. in our... We are in our late 40s. Late 40s. Okay, we're in our late 40s, right? The the next closest round number we are at is, is 50. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the last time the Lions won a division, you and I, as middle-aged men, were in high school. We were in high school. Yes, we were. We have spent the entirety of our adult lives yeah. with this team being irrelevant, right? And it's been Just so comforting. Irrelevant. It's been so comforting. Well, not only that, but it's a harbinger of something even worse, if you ask me, right? Okay. We are we are entering an age where humanity is clearly intent on destroying itself, right? Where the truth no longer matters and can no longer matter. We are we are years, if not months, away from computers being able to take just this little clip of us talking and yeah. building a totally fictional conversation between the two of us that has never existed, will never existed, that's going to destroy public lives because people are not going to know what the leaders have said or what they're not saying. And all this disinformation that's already spreading is going to keep going, right? On top of which, we as humanity are also destroying the world that we live in. Right? And we, it's like we are the, the Looney Tunes character blissfully walking off the cliff, taking steps on nothing before we plunge to our demise, right? It is all going to, we're going in the wrong direction. And not only we're going in the wrong direction, doing so blissfully, some people are eagerly doing this, right? Some okay. people are being like, oh, well, I, I don't care what's happening to humanity. I'm going to I'm gonna buy a coal stove just so I can suck in the a exhaust, right? <laughs> I don't right? know anybody buying right. a coal stove, but okay. Well, somebody is. Okay. And, so we're, we're in this just place where it feels as if humanity is determined to destroy itself. And there is perhaps no greater sign that the end is near than the Lions winning a division, right? This is not this something is that this can is or the, should this happen. Is, this, is the biggest, this is the biggest one to you. This is the can biggest you, sign, like, the clearest this sign. Is, this is ridiculous. This is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. The last time that they won a division, yeah. the last time this team won a division, they had quite possibly the greatest football player of all time, maybe at, as his position, right? For yeah. all you young whippersnappers, just go look up Barry Sanders. Yes. Amazing. He was amazing. This guy was incredible. You couldn't right? even be he, mad at him. You couldn't even be mad at him because he was just that good. No, we've talked about this before. There yeah. are some some athletes who are just so good that you cannot hate them. Right, that that you can't find the will to detest them, and I guess it sort of helped that Barry Sanders was mostly on terrible teams as well right. too. But he was so good that he himself is maybe the greatest football player of all time, possibly the greatest at his position. Right, could will that team to a division title, and it hasn't happened since. No. And up is down, left is right. Reality doesn't exist anymore. The Lions are division champions. This whole podcast is actually AI generated. Number two, please. The obvious end achieved by a stupid path is so Vikings-esque. 
seven and ten feels about right. Like it's the it's the record they deserve, right? This is this this is about what they deserve. Uh, the beginning of the year, beginning yeah. of the year. I we talked about this, and I I remember very clearly expressing to you that I had no interest in this season. No, the season seemed like it was going to be utterly boring and completely predictable, and you would very much be stuck with one of these middling records. Right. right? I wanted clarity. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, you're going to get something this offseason. I don't know what, but you can get something. But uh, I had no interest in the season. It was not going anywhere, right? Yeah. And it ended up exactly where you expected with a middling record. Right. But the way they got there was yes. just so ridiculous. Yes. And, and was actually compelling in yes. this goofy way. Right. So how could they get to where we all expected them to be? Uh, but to do it in a way that was still sort of, oh, what's happening? What's going to happen? Kirk Cousins got hurt. Yeah. Justin Jefferson got hurt. We had the the pastronaut exploding into the, space. The, the brief, that, like, that was the highlight of the year. The pastronaut is the highlight of the year, by the <laughs> we way. We had the pastronaut crashing into the very core of the yes, earth. He, we did again. Yes. Like, we, had, we had the defense for a month and a half yeah. being the best in the league. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then cratering at the end when they had all their injuries as well, too. It ended up somehow still being interesting and entertaining, even though it ended up exactly where we expected. Well, think about it. I mean, if you think about the totality of it, they lost four of their first five, won five in a row, then lost six of their last seven. Like, that's that's <laughs> the, that's their season. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> like, they weren't just like... You were talking uh, like about AI-generated, right? This right, is the one you're AI-generated, right? N- nothing is real anymore, man. By the way, I, I I I get what you were saying in that first one where you went off on your tangent on our our, our hell-bent nature on destruction. I feel like we're more we're more hell-bent on making ourselves useless than destroying ourselves. So this this AI, it feels like we we have this obsession with making human beings obsolete. And I don't know if that destroys us so much as it just makes us wonder why. What do we do now? What what's what's for us to think about? Well, and what is what is humanity after all this? And sure. is there the possibility for humanity after all this? While we're also killing the place that we live in, right? Yeah. So we are replacing ourselves and then creating a space where we cannot be. So where is where is humanity going to exist? And is humanity going to exist in the future? How many more? division titles can the lions win in this false future i love how this somehow comes back to the lions although i will say this um you know in a future where we've you know destroyed the world to a certain degree like whether the vikings win the super bowl or not which just won't matter anymore number three please a football contest in defiance of god's will hit it meteor Okay. Oh, is this the Packers Cowboys playoff game? Who wants to watch this thing? Is, has there ever been a game in the history of the NFL where you would want a meteor to hit the stadium more than a Cowboys Packers playoff game? I, you know what? I, if if you're if you're rooting for the Vikings, I think you wouldn't. There would be a small. <laughs> Unfortunately, se- I still do. There would be Why? A, Why? There would be a small sense of enjoyment from the Mike McCarthy Cowboys beating the Packers in the playoffs. I think there would be like a small sense of that, as long as the Cowboys then subsequently lost in the next round. 
Yeah, but that that still means success for the Cowboys as well. Does too. it though? Like if they won one playoff game, like if they beat the seven seed yeah, and then but, lost that's in the, the next thing. round. That's the thing is that you have to attach, right? That's another collection of ifs. If the Cowboys beat the Packers and yeah. if the Cowboys then subsequently lose, then we can kind of sort of possibly be happy. Right. Right. And when you start chaining those events together, the likelihood of it is it's like, like the Vikings with this, you know, this they had a three percent chance as yeah. long as these 15 things happen. <laughs> right. Well, you know, if these chain of events happen, I might sort of kind of enjoy the playoffs. No. You're Just let a meteor hit the stadium. That is what I would enjoy. You know, we watched at the Science Museum recently, me and my family watched a movie on like how like high-tech space engineers like make sure that meteors don't hit Earth. Um, maybe there's a way they can make sure one does. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's, they it's, make it's, sure that they don't? Yeah. I mean, you're like, well, maybe they should... Maybe they're do maybe their cause is aimed in the wrong direction, is what you're saying. Maybe they could bend these meteors towards the stadium instead of away from the stadium. Well, okay. I mean, I, again, it sounds like some AI generated thing that you were listening to that we can imagine. It was an IMAX movie, it was real. Oh, okay. All right. I yeah. guess so. I guess because we can believe everything now that the Lions have won the division. <laughs> Number four, another season. With poetry in our hearts. Haters. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it, it, these are fun. It, it's a, you know, the Vikings, it, whatever happens, they're, they're not usually at least boring, right? Like we thought that, like you said, we thought this was maybe going to be kind of a, a pedestrian kind of boring year. And like, think of all that happened. Think of all, think of all the drama. Think of, Think of the off season. This is going to be a very dramatic off season. I I'm making my prediction right now. Okay, Kirk Cousins will never play another down of football for the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Okay, that's they're, what Royce. That's what Royce said today too. Andrew Kramer seems a lot more bullish on the prospects of Kirk Cousins coming back, but I, I don't know. I I don't see. It. I, I this is this is we talked about it last year. Felt like it was the perfect movement to, yeah. to moment to move on. This feels like like another tailor-made moment to move on with a team that needs lots of things, including a quarterback not sucking up 87% of the salary cap. I agree. Write a poem about it. That guy bleak, right? But think about this, you guys. You Just like life, just like this future of, of ours, you, ha you are still in control of your destiny. There is still time to save whatever we are doing here in humanity. And if you are taking that into a football realm, the thing the Vikings can do to make sure the Lions don't continue this, you know, continue this bizarre run of success, this bizarre start of success, at least, is to get better, become a better team, make sure that you are not looking up at the Lions for future years. And it starts, to me, with figuring out quarterbacks. See how I did that? See that transition? Um, college football playoff in uh, in uh, Monday night. You saw uh, Michigan beats Washington 34-13. It was a close game for most of it. It was a you know, one-score game in the middle part of the fourth quarter before Michigan got the touchdown that kind of not clinched it, but kind of put it put it out of reach, and then they got the, the one at the end to kind of really put it out of reach. Michael Penix Jr., um, the object of fascination of a lot of Vikings fans, could be there when the Vikings draft at number 11 didn't have his best game in this one, which 
maybe in some way helps if you're if you're the Vikings. Um, maybe you saw some things you didn't love, but it also probably helps that it wouldn't move his that game didn't move his draft stock even higher. That is for sure because I think he was 27 of 51, missed some throws. Uh, Michigan got after him pretty good. That's you know that's a really good defense he played. That's you know if you're going to play a lot of good defenses in the NFL, you're going to see you know st- see stuff like that relative to your skill level. So. What do we make of that? Um, you know, McCarthy for Michigan. I don't think he's. I don't think he's the answer. He's not. He's not number eleven overall pick worthy at the very least. Maybe you can find yourself uh, find yourself enjoying what he does at a, at a lower pick. But I don't think that's what the Vikings are after. Everything Ben Gessling has ever talked about. Everything the Vikings seem to want in a quarterback is someone who at some point can be an elite difference maker. Penix seems like he has that kind of arm talent, made more big-time throws than any other quarterback in college football this season. He could be the answer at number 11. But if you are going to stop this run uh, from the uh, from the Lions, stop it in its tracks, you're going to need a quarterback solution. And maybe it starts in the draft. Maybe it starts with Cousins and the draft. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Cousins talked Monday. There's a quarterback with a little bit more self-awareness than Aaron Rodgers. I think he kind of gets where he's at in his career. This will be a fascinating offseason. I'm sorry if you don't love offseason drama, offseason talk. I kind of like it, and it's going to be two, three months of a lot of Viking speculation. We'll talk about tons more other stuff on this show. Don't worry. It's not just going to be that. We have a whole other podcast, Access Vikings, to really drill down on this. But I will be checking in on this periodically because it is going to be a fascinating offseason as it unfolds. Let us finish, too, with the cooler. I am looking forward to this, potentially, maybe as soon as Wednesday, Jasper Walston the much-anticipated young goaltender from the Wild could make his debut on Wednesday. Philip Gustafson has been out for a while. Wallstead just getting back to health. Marc-Andre Fleury's been playing a whole bunch of games in a row. Wild are in a slump right now. Maybe it's time to find out what Wallstead's got. That was in a story I saw on StarTribune.com. Sarah McClellan writing about the fact that this could be his time to shine pretty soon. Um, you know, Wallstead, for his part, just kind of saying, you never know, taking it day by day. We'll see how it goes. But of course, you can see a smile on my face. I'm happy that I'm here. We'll see if the opportunity comes. He's been called up at the very least. And Coach John Hines said he is a, quote, consideration for sure to start Wednesday against Dallas. So we will see. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it should probably happen soon. And that is a debut a debut that I'm looking forward to because that is a big piece of the Wilds' future going forward. If this is not just an option going forward, if this is a guy who's really going to lock down the crease for the next 10 years potentially and form a tandem at least with Philip Gustafson going forward, that would really solidify things for them going forward. That will do it for me today. Expecting to have Lavelle E. Neal third on Wednesday show to talk about all manners of things, all sorts of stuff. I think Lavelle's got some opinions about who the Vikings should draft and things like that, so maybe we'll get into a little bit more talk about that with him. Until then, I am Michael Rand. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Back at it again tomorrow. <laughs>